Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Football South Coast Weekly. And with me once again to discuss all the games is Football South Coast reporter Nathan Turner, who will now take you through last weekend's matches. Now, as we hit the halfway point of the revised shortened season, we look back on round six of both competitions in the Illawarra Premier League and the Illawarra District League. All games have been caught up since that recent wet weather, with the only exception being Balambi and Winuna, who played this Sunday. Now, in the Illawarra Premier League, the big game of the weekend, probably Winuna against Wollongong Olympic, with the Sharks coming out as 3-1 winners at the PCYC, handing Wollongong Olympic their first defeat of the season. And Jesse French, Luke McCoskey, and Jeremy Lopez got on the score sheet for Wununa, which pushes them into fifth spot with their only losses coming against Wollongong United and Bulleye. Now, another honourable mention in the Illawarra Premier League was a nine-goal thriller at Terry Reserve where Albion Park White Eagles beat Tarawana Blueies 5-4 on Saturday afternoon. Cameron Morgan netting another two goals, which makes it five goals in the last two games. It pushes Albion Park White Eagles up into sixth spot on the ladder with their second win of the campaign but have conceded seven goals in their last two outings. Not too many big movements on the ladder after the weekend, with Balambi going up to second spot from fourth place with their 2-1 win over South Coast United. They also have a game in hand over top place Wollongong United, and Wununa closed the gap between them and the top four, now only being one point behind Wollongong Olympic after their win on Sunday. Now into the Illawarra District League, probably the biggest game on the weekend, Shell Cove and Picton ended Neil Law. Probably not the most entertaining game, but it was a massive result for Shell Cove, making Picton lose their first points of the season. Picton are now five wins with one draw to start the season, and Shell Cove are now unbeaten in their last five outings. They also backed it up with a 2-0 win over Rarilla on Sunday. That was a catch-up game from round four there at Barricade Sports Field. Hayden Sopa scoring a brace in that one as well. And the honorable mention for the Illawarra District League was... Probably the best game of the weekend in Oak Flats and Helensburg, uh, with the Falcons coming up 1-0 winners to push up into second place. Lee Gilroy scoring the winner inside the first half in that one as well. Now moving on to the table in the Illawarra District League, and there was a lot of movement in the top five, with Picton remaining top despite their draw with Shell Cove, but Oak Flats and Unidera have closed the gap with their wins over Helensburg and Balgownie respectively. This pushes the Thistle down into fifth spot, who are one point behind Shell Cove in fourth and a point above Kayama in sixth. And the four-point weekend for Shell Cove pushes them into the top five for the first time this season, thanks to that catch-up game against Varilla. And moving on to this week's games now, and we will begin with the Premier League, a clash between Balambi and Wollongong Olympic at Elizabeth Park. Now, uh, looking in terms of when the sides have played each other, so earlier this year in, in one of the first fixtures since the restart, Balambi did get up 3-1 in the Burt Bampton Cup. Um, this year for the Rosellas, it's been really good for them. They're, they're still unbeaten in the division. They, they did get back to, to winning ways with that 2-1 win against South Coast United after the draw with Cringilla. Uh, Nathan, what have you made of Balampi so far this year, especially considering the fact that, that with a win in, their, in the game on Sunday against Wununa, they could in fact go top of the league? Yeah, there was a lot of second guesses about Balambi from coming up from District League last year, but they've they had signed a fair amount of decent quality players, and they have sort of stepped up for the Rosellas already this season. Um, and I'm going to touch on them again in in Brad Watts and and Vaughan Patterson as well. Um, so they're they're very solid all around. And yeah, two wins this weekend can see them go 
top of the table. Yeah, and I guess their opponent, Wollongong Olympic, the, the start was, was pretty positive until they did uh, take their first defeat of the season, that 3-1 defeat to Winuna. They were, in fact, 3-0 down at one stage before John Modernowski pulled a goal back. Nathan, what have you made of, of Wollongong Olympic here, especially considering now that this defeat makes it just two wins for the league champions in the last five games? Yeah, I mean, I watched them last Wednesday night when... Um, they played Coromel in the grand final rematch, and I, I thought they were, you know, fairly strong sort of uh, around the pitch. Defence, obviously, getting a clean sheet against Coromel, but probably not the best backup to come back uh, on Sunday and, and go down to Winuna at, at the PCYC. But, um, I mean, it, they're still sitting in the top five. They're still planted pretty much right in there on uh, in fourth spot. They're only, you know, one point away from Bulleye, who's just above them. So, not, it's not the worst start for, for the reigning premiers. So if they can get a win against Bolimbi this weekend, it'll you know fire warning signs to the rest of the competition, saying Olympic aren't, aren't a team to sort of be treating lightly this season. Yeah, and we've sort of seen Wollongong Olympic with those statement results so far this season. Looking back to the first round in where they've beaten the a Wollongong United side that have now gone and won every game since that defeat to Wollongong Olympic. And because of that here, I, I think I'll be backing them for, for a win in this one. I know that Balambi are very strong and they will be at home here. Uh, but but I just think the fact also that they play on Sunday as well as Saturday, you know, they, they may have an eye on that game as well. Uh, I just feel here that Wollongong Olympic can probably pick up the points. So what do you think here, Nathan? Interesting you go Wollongong Olympic because I might differ from you this week. I might go uh, Balambi again keep their winning run going. Moving on to another game on Saturday, Tarawana against Cringilla at Tarawana Oval. So the Blueies this year, they did go down 5-4 to Albion Park last round. That was after a nil-all draw with Coniston. Zach Mazevsky did in fact score a brace in that 5-4 defeat to Albion Park. That result does mean that the Blueies have won just one game in the past five. Nathan, what have you made here of Tarawana? Especially, you know, it was a, it was an impressive performance against the White Eagles, you know, to score four goals. But, I mean, defensively letting themselves down a little bit with the conceding five. Yeah, we haven't really seen the best of the Blueies so far this season. They've picked up three draws already um, and sort of sitting around that mid-sort of table along with Coromel and Coniston. But, I mean one sort of game against a, a pretty attacking side in Albion Park, White Eagles can't really justify their defense because um, their overall goals conceded doubled on the weekend. So they went from six to, to 11, not so much doubled, but um, almost did. Um, but yeah, to score four goals with such a young side as well, it sort of looks like promising signs um, in the next few weeks for the Blueies. Uh, so yeah, if they can pick up a, a win this weekend, which is very likely, then they can sort of be pushing up close to the top five. Yeah, and looking at their opponents, Cringilla in this game, we've sort of spoken about how they had had a bit of a, a slow start to the division. But, I mean, they picked up a couple of really impressive results in the past couple of weeks. The one-all draw with Balambi, and then another impressive two-all draw with Bulleye, with Toby Naval uh, scoring a brace for the Lions. And that was without, of course, star striker Peter Simonowski. But, but the facts are that, that despite the uh, the two draws that they have had against top sides, they are still yet to win this year, and that does see them in 10th position. Yeah, I mean, good on the good on the Lions for coming back into that game against um, such a quality side in Bulla. I know they thought they were two nil two nil down, and then they brought it back to two all. So good resilience there from from the Cringilla. And um, you talk about they haven't won a game, but they've also, I mean, they've drawn four, and and some of them are against some you know decent sides as you mentioned in in Balambi and, and also Bulla now as well. Um, so I mean, if they can pull ahead one and just hold that lead they can be sort of pushing up high in the table and, and they've only lost the two games. So 
you never know with Pinjilla. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point you make here. I guess both teams that, that are featuring here, Tarawana and Cringilla, they tend to be quite unpredictable this year. At times, they've, they've produced some really impressive results, of course, looking towards Tarawana's uh, two-all draw with, with the reigning champions, Coromel, uh, as an example of that. I mean, they both you know, can produce on, on certain occasions. And I think for that reason, I'm going to say a draw here because I just can't split the two, the two teams here. What do you think, Nathan? I'm going to differ from you again, Tim. I'm, I might go the Blues in this one. Looking at another game on Saturday, Port Kembler against Coniston at Wetherill Park. Uh, so Port Kembler this year, it is now three losses in a row after a 7-0 defeat to Bulleye in midweek before a narrow 2-1 defeat to Wollongong United at the weekend. Uh, last year, the side only failed to score on three occasions. Uh, just six games in this time around, they've already matched that in in terms of results. Nathan, it's not looking great for, for Port Kembler at the moment. I mean, I've got to give it to Port Kembler after sort of their midweek performance to Bulleye. I know they lost 7-0 midweek and then to back it up against, you know, the top side of the competition. A lot of people were sort of thinking it was going to be a runaway for Wollongong United, but Port Kembler sort of held their own and, and gave it to, to top spot um, United and, and they only went down 2-1. But again, credit to Wollongong United. It's a root, another routine win for them. I mean, those are the games you got to win, even if it is a against the lower side and, and they pushed up forward. But yeah, Port Kembler scored... They even scored their first, the first goal against Wollongong United in the last few weeks, I believe, as well. So, uh, hopefully a bit of confidence boost for them after that sort of midweek dropping. So, we'll have to see how they go this weekend. Yeah, and looking at their opponents, Coniston, in this one, they did have a nil-all draw with Tarawana before a one-all draw with Coromel. Uh, they do sit in ninth position at the moment. Do you see that changing here? Do you think they could they could pick up a win here against a Port Kembla side that isn't in the best of form? Admittedly, though, did have, I guess you could call it, a bit of a uh, positive lo- uh, loss to Wollongong United. Yeah, I know you, you, we said before that that sort of mid-table around in the Aurora Premier League between, you know, seventh and or sixth and ninth spot, there's only sort of a couple points in it. Um, but yeah, Coniston needs to be picking up points if they want to sort of push to that top five. And at the start of the season, we sort of spoke big of them and, they haven't really sort of delivered since that first week with that with that win over um, South Coast United. So, um, again, another young squad sort of pushing up as well. So, it might take a bit of time to gel, but I, I believe Coniston will, will get the job done this weekend against Port Kembla. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you here. I think both sides uh, have had their problems at times this season and they're both not in the best of form uh, heading into this one. But I just feel that Coniston should have the quality uh, to beat this Port Kembla side. But, I mean, we did see Albion. I said the same thing about Albion Park when they went to visit uh, Port Canberra and, and uh, Port Canberra ended up uh, sticking out a 1-0 win there. So I wouldn't be surprised to, uh, to see that either, but I will be backing Coniston here. Moving on to the next game on Saturday, Albion Park against Wanuna at Terry Reserve. So last season, the uh, sides couldn't be split across either uh, meeting. Uh, for Albion Park this year, though, you know, they, they did pick up that win against Tarawana. Cameron Morgan did score a double, uh, adding to his tally for this year. But it does mean the side are yet to keep a clean sheet this year. But it is the third time in six games that the side have managed to score uh, three or more goals. Nathan, what have you made of this Albion Park side that at times have been a little bit inconsistent um, in terms of defensive stability? But, you know, they do score goals. Yeah, in, in recent weeks, obviously, Cameron Morgan sort of picking up where he left off last season. He's got um, now five in the last two games. But 
Um, their defense was is all right in, in sort of those patches in, in between round two and four. I know they only conceded one goal in each of those games, but but two of those games were losses. But yeah, inconsistent is very accurate for accurate description for uh, the White Eagles. Um, maybe they've they've you know got a bit of momentum going forward in the last couple of weeks, scoring you know eight goals in those last two games. So, five goals against Tarawana it's a big it's a big result for them as well and, and if they can sort of push forward again this weekend then that they'll be doing the same yeah and looking at their opponents Winuna they have been quite impressive this year I guess most recently that 3-1 win against Wollongong Olympic uh, and and you know I think considering where people would think they would finish especially losing players like Corey Haynes Gross to be to be sitting in a finals place at the moment with a game in hand on the teams above them, admittedly, that will be a double header uh, against Belambi. I mean, it's been pretty good from the Sharks. Yeah, what a result they picked up on the weekend against Wollongong Olympic. I don't think too many people expected that. Um, I know sort of the Winuna boys probably would have come out blazing as well after their 3 0 win against Port Kembla the week prior. Um, and then, yeah, going into this weekend, they've got a, a big double header against two quality sides, quality attacking sides as well. So if they can, you know, keep things sort of solid at the back and, and keep, you know, Cameron Morgan away from, from any chances on goal, then, then I honestly see them winning this one again. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wadoona have been quite good at the back this year as well. They, they haven't conceded many, uh, many goals and they, they haven't really been sort of, um, you know, particularly leaky in that department. And I think they've shown that they can score goals at times. I mean, three goals against Port Kember and three goals against the, the reigning champions, Wollongong Olympic. Uh, that, that's really positive signs. And against an Albion Park side who do struggle to defend here uh, and have proven to be inconsistent at times, I think I'll be backing the Sharks here. Looking at the final game that we will discuss is South Coast United against Coromel at Ian McLennan Park. So looking at this game, South Coast United in, in really quite poor form at the moment. They sit bottom of the league. Uh, they did lose for the fourth time in a row uh, with that 2-1 defeat to Belambi. I mean, we sort of spoke at the start. They had had a, you know, a couple of positive results there. The 4-3 defeat to, to South Coast United, they did show great, uh, great resilience there and sort of fought right to the end. But I mean... The reality is now that these losses are starting to stack up and, and the, the teams above them are starting to push away a bit. Yeah, I mean, they're two points away from 11th spot and that's Port Kembla. Um, and then, yeah, there's a decent sort of jump between uh, them and the rest of the pack sort of in, in that middle of the table. So they need to start picking up results. But might I add, uh, this time last year, sort of halfway, once the halfway mark of the season, you know, ticked over. South Coast United actually went undefeated in those final 11 games. So I don't know if it's a, it's a morale thing or, or if it's like a sort of a weird hoodoo, but um, they, they could do it again this year. I know there's only sort of five games to go, but if they can pick up a couple of wins and a couple of draws, they can slowly make their way up to the sort of mid, midway through the table. Yeah, that's a good point you raise actually about South Coast United. Uh, and sort of their late season form because yeah you're correct they did go on that late uh, unbeaten run and they took points off you know all the teams in the division which I think is really impressive for them and um, while they perhaps haven't started the best here there's no reason that they can't sort of start to string a few uh, results uh, together here and I mean that may start with Coromel who, who have been quite inconsistent this year they haven't won in their last four games, but, but do you think South Coast United at home here are capable of picking up a result against the Rangers? Yeah, I mean, I know Coromore sort of, you know, haven't 
come out of the blocks firing already this season and, and sort of five games to go, you sort of want to start picking up results against against teams below you on the table. And I watched them against Wollongong Olympic and it was only 1-0 and they probably could have had a couple goals towards sort of the midway through the second half. So I, I know they have, they're missing a few players as well, but uh, I, I know that Lucas Sturgio has been very solid for them in the midfield as well. So uh, I reckon Coromel could sort of kickstart their season in this one and, and sort of make a late surge towards you know, the top five. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll agree with you here. I mean, South Coast United, they do have the potential of picking up a result here, but I just feel that Coromel, they have a lot of quality in that squad. And I just feel that now, you know, a few games in that they haven't been on the best of run. I think that uh, that should provide enough motivation here to, uh, to pick up the win. And looking at probably, well, what is definitely the biggest game of this weekend's football, the Burt Bampton Cup final, Wollongong United against Boy at Ian McLennan Park. Looking at Wollongong United in this competition, similar form to what they've produced in the in the Premier League. You know, they've won all three of their games to get it here. The, the 3-1 win over Thoreau, uh and then the 1-0 win against Coniston and then giving Belambi their first defeat uh, since the restart, that 3-1 win there to see their, their way to the final. Nathan, what have you made of Wollongong United, specifically in the Burt Bampton Cup, but, but also with reference to the fact that their form in the Premier League has been so impressive? Yeah, I mean, that's that's just simply right there. There's eight games undefeated. I know you sort of take away the Wollongong Olympic loss and, and you know, they're looking really, really strong. And, and same with Bulleye as well. Probably two of the most uh, informed sides in the competition at the moment. Obviously, Bulleye coming off that 7-0 win against Port Kembla. They did have a little bit of slip-up against Cringilla, but... They are also yet to concede a goal in this competition, Bulleye. Uh, they had that 5-0 win over Oak Flats, followed us by a 6-0 win against Helensburg, and then 2-0 win against Cringilla to get into the final. So it, in terms of the competition as well, it's it's the best defence against the best attack. I mean, Wollongong United have only conceded four goals in those first six games, and Bulleye have put 19 past teams. So what a cracker of a game you got for Sunday afternoon at Needham Clinton Park. Yeah, that's a, that's a great preview for it, really. I think I think both these sides have shown a lot of quality here, and it'll be really interesting to see how they fare uh, in this competition because they have been so impressive uh, in both the uh, the league and in the cup here. What are you thinking for a prediction between these two sides? Yeah, it's it's really tough. Um, it's gonna I reckon it's gonna go right down to the wire, if not extra time penalties. Um, but I, I feel as though. Wollongong United will, will come away with the win. Um, but then again, you know, you never know with Bulleye. They'll probably want to go back-to-back in the Cup as well. And then they're also backing it up against Wednesday night too. So uh, either or, it could go either way. But I'm going to tip Wollongong United for a win. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that they do play next Wednesday as well. Do, do you think that um, the fact that they are playing on the Wednesday night, will that have any influence in terms of selection or maybe the mentality uh, looking towards this cup final, or do you think the cup final here takes priority? I think the cup final will take priority because you look at both teams, they're, they're sort of sitting pretty well in the top five. Wollongong United on 15 points and, and Bulleye on 12. So even if they do drop points um, on Wednesday night, they're still pretty solid in that top five. But I, I feel like a bit of silverware here will, will top off a great season for either of the clubs, depending on what happens for the rest of the year. Yep. Most definitely, it will be very interesting to see uh, how that goes. And just a little interesting question here: Do you do you think the does your prediction change at all for the uh, the fixture on Wednesday night? <laughs> that, that is a tough one because 
you never know. You, you verse the team twice in a couple of days. You don't know what you're going to expect either time. Like you could get a team come away with a win and then lose the, the next game. But I feel like it's going to be more United and then, you know, you never know with the Wednesday night back at Paul's, Paul's paddock. So uh, I might hold off on a prediction. And that's fair enough. And that concludes the round seven preview for the Illawarra Mercury Premier League. Nathan and I will both be back to discuss the People Care District League. And looking at the first game that we will discuss in the District League on Saturday, Berkeley against Oak Flats at Berkeley Sports Centre. So Berkeley, it's now been three losses in a row uh, since their first win in nearly two years, the 3-0 defeat to University. Uh, Nathan, what, what do you make of Berkeley here? Because, you know, I remember a few weeks ago we were speaking about the potential of them, you know, being in and around a sort of a mid-table and pushing towards a finals place, but that's sort of fallen away a little bit with the, with the recent results. Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming up against um, University and Udendera, um, sort of two teams that can turn it on attackingly when they want to. Uh, probably not the best sort of ones to back up after you win. Uh, but it doesn't get any easier this weekend against Oak Flats either. Um, but they, as you said, haven't scored in the last three games. And it's sort of taken a toll on them, obviously. Because, um, yeah, they're, they're slipping back down to the bottom of the table. I know they're still three points above the bottom spot. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a very difficult task for them this weekend. Yeah, especially against a side like Oak Flats that have been so impressive so far this season. Most recently, that 1-0 win against Helensburg. Uh, a side that, uh, you know, have been really, really quite challenging for a lot of teams this year. They have proven to be quite high scoring, but this result for the Falcons does, in fact, see them to outright second, just three points off the first place picked in. Do you think this will just be another another routine win for the Falcons here? Uh, possibly not a routine win, but I feel like they'll get the job done because I know sort of the Falcons haven't hit top gear yet this season um, haven't but they have been getting the results as well so I, I feel they will get the job done definitely in this fixture um, but yeah yeah definitely they, I feel like they'll get the job done again this weekend against the you know a lower side on Berkeley you know, lack of confidence as well um, Oak Flats haven't sort of hit top gear this year but they are still sitting in second and they're three points off Picton in first and I might add Picton do play Helensburg so there's potential for them to lose points in that fixture as well so that'll that'll be even more means for Oak Flats to sort of close that gap at the top too so I'm feeling a, a, another Oak Flats win this weekend yeah, that's, that's interesting you say that actually in terms of the Picton result there as perhaps being more motivation for Oak Flats to get three points here. Uh, but, but I mean, I think Berkeley, you know, at times in games, I mean, I watched them against Helensburg and, and they, they do have the potential to defend really well and, and to sort of take their moments to, to go and score. Uh, I mean, Oak Flats this year, that they haven't been, I guess, the most fluidly scoring team, but they have been a really solid side who just continue to, to pick up results. Um, but but yeah, I, I think I'll, uh, I'll agree with you here in, in terms of Oak Flats picking up the win. But but again, I wouldn't be surprised if Berkeley put in another admirable uh, performance in this one. And looking at another game on Saturday, Kaima against Barilla at Kaima Sporting Centre. So looking at the uh, the Quarries, they did uh, pick up that one 0 win against the Rule, which sees them just a point off fifth place. But I mean, their form, you know, two losses, a win, a loss, a win. It's sort of shown that inconsistent form that we've spoken about. But in this shortened format here, and with the sides below them struggling to pick up uh, sets of three points, 
you know, it's seeing them in, in a pretty promising position looking towards a finals place, Nathan. Yeah, definitely. It's a big win for them against uh, Tyrrell on the weekend and, and and sort of the weekend before. They only went down 2-1 to Oak Flats as well. So they picked up some promising results. But yeah, they, we'll mention that inconsistency sort of key again for Kayama. It happened a lot last year where they, you know, they picked up a win and then backed it up with another poor performance the next week. But yeah, against Marilla, sitting at the bottom of the table, it's definitely a chance for another three points for Kayama to back up that win against the rule. And then the following week, they also play Berkeley. So it's a potential to get six points in the next two games. So as you said, I believe in the shortened season, Kayama can sort of push forward for that you know, top half of the table spot if they get the results in these next two weekends. Yeah, and they are facing up to a Rilla side who are in quite dismal form. They are still yet to win five losses in a row, and, and they're conceding a lot of goals as well. In fact, the most goals in the division at 23. Uh, I mean, it presents a pretty good opportunity for Kayama to, to pick up points here, but we have mentioned how they can be inconsistent at times. Do you feel that that potentially opens up an opportunity for the Wanderers to get their first set of three points or maybe another point this season? You know what, Tim? I'm going to back Rilla in this one. Um, I watched them against Shell Cove on Sunday. And in the first 45 minutes, they, they were all over the Cove as well. Um, they dominated the ball, um, field position as well. They had the majority of the chances as well. They sort of uh, fell off in the second half. But if they can nab a couple of goals early on, Rilla, I, I believe they can sort of defend the game out. And Martin Castelli played sort of a, a deep, deeper sort of midfielder role rather than being in the defensive line. And, and it proved sort of... Um, almost to work out for them as well. And, and they could have picked up against Shell, uh, a result against Shell Cove, but then again, Shell Cove was sort of um, resilient enough to get the win. But um, yeah, definitely, I, I believe Real Art will be able to to get the win over an inconsistent Kaima side this weekend. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I, I like the line of thinking you're going down. I, I'm not going to make quite as a bold of prediction uh, to say that there's going to be a, a, a Rilla win here. But I do think that they will pick up a point here. Uh, Kaima, they have been a little bit inconsistent, as we've mentioned. But um, I think this is an important game for Kaima here because this is a game, looking at the form uh, and looking at the results so far, they really should pick up a win here. So I think for them, this is quite an important game. Uh, and three points for them here, I think, will give them a huge boost, especially looking towards that run-in towards what are going to be the few... Uh, the last few uh, games of the season. So I think it's an important game for Kaima here, but but I'm not sure that they're going to quite pick up the winner. I'm going to say there's going to be a draw, but a win here for Kaima, as I said, could be a huge confidence booster for them. Looking at another game in the District League, University against Balgauni at Kulabong Oval. So the students did make it back-to-back wins with a 3-0 win over Berkeley, meaning they do sit a point out of the top five Nathan, you were at this game. What did you make of the uh, the performance from the students? Yeah, I mean, a lot better than what their recent performances have sort of gone done. Um, back-to-back wins, sort of a massive confidence boost for them. And to get a clean sheet as well, I feel like um, will sort of help them going into this weekend as well against the poor scoring side in Balgauni because it's their first clean sheet of the season and they are the second worst offensive side. So to pick up a clean sheet, uh, against sort of a lower side, which is what you really want to do, is sort of the confidence boost they need to go to to get another win in this game. Yeah, and looking at their opponents, Balgauni, they have now lost three games in a row since that win uh, that they did pick up. They do now sit in ninth. I mean, 
they sort of have tailed off a little bit now, haven't they, in terms of what we were talking about, you know, positive signs after that victory. They're now sitting in, in ninth position and, and sort of, you know, not, not too close to a finals place at all now. Yeah, they're slowly falling away from the, the mid-range of the pack um, between, you know, Kaiama, Fernhill and University in the middle of the, the competition. So, uh, yeah, three losses in a row is hard for them. And I know they, they conceded a last-minute um, goal to Helensburg to lose that game 2-1. So probably not the best of times to to sort of get that loss against such a good team. But yeah, they've only scored, as I mentioned before, they've only scored four goals this season. But they are pretty strong at the back in terms of, you know, other teams around in and around that position. They have conceded 10. But if you look at, you know, Fernhill, Berkeley, University, they're all below them. So um, yeah, it could go either way, sort of with the Rangers. You know, they can turn up a performance when they want to. But... They can also sort of uh, go down as well. But uh, I feel like students, the students are going to get uh, a win in this weekend and, and make it three in their last three. I I think I'll agree with you here. I mean, it, it is important to note that, that Balgowney have played a couple of really difficult sides now. I mean, Unandera, who have been free scoring all year, you know, that they did play Helensburg and nearly picked up a point there. Uh, I mean, so they have played some difficult sides in the last few games, which I guess... You know, losses against them perhaps may be a little bit more expected. Uh, and they were picking up results against sides that, that you sh- you'd expect that they would. But yeah, I, I do feel here, though, that University will uh, pick up three points. And looking at the next game on Saturday, Thrall against Unandera at Thomas Gibson Park. So the Thunder are still yet to pick up a win after that 1-0 defeat to Kyoma. That now does mean they've lost two games on the bounce, but despite this, they have only conceded eight goals, which interestingly is the fifth best in the competition. Nathan, would you say that the uh, Thunder's problems have been more sort of going forwards than than at the back? Oh yeah, you definitely have to say that's the case. I mean, they're the second worst attacking side in the competition, just one goal ahead of Berkeley, um, and, and it shows. Obviously, sitting in in eleventh spot on the ladder as well. Um, they mind they've had three draws as well. They've picked up, you know, a draw over over Shell Cove, Berkeley, and uh, Balgani as well. But they've got a sort of tough run to to finish as well. So they've got Unidera. They've also got to play Picton and Oak Flats in the last five games. But uh, uh, similar to South Coast United, the rule like a team that that finished strongly, and we saw that again last season coming into the top five with only one game to play, or two games to play, I might add. Um, so. Could be a turning point for Tyrrell, and if they can get a win this weekend, I know it's going to be a sort of a tough ask against such a, as you said, free-scoring side in Unidera. Um, yeah, yeah, it could be the start for Tyrrell's sort of comeback towards the end of the season. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point that you make there about you know that late form that we've seen from the Thunder in uh, in recent years, especially last year. Uh, I think it's interesting as well because of how defensively solid the Thunder have been looking at a Unindera side who have been so free scoring. Of course, Mark Picciolini has sort of been at the forefront of that. Uh, do you feel, though, that Unindera should just be too strong for the Thunder here, just looking at the form? Or do you feel that the start of the rules sort of run into towards a finals place, perhaps, or maybe a little bit past them uh, at this stage is about to begin here? Yeah, I know that Thurul are strong finishes, but it might be you know too little too late for them. I know there's only five games left to go. Um, in this shortened season. But Unidera with such a high-flowing attack in Mark Picciolini, who, who netted another hat-trick on the weekend, which made it back-to-back hat-tricks in the last two weekends and takes his tally 
up to 14 goals this season. Um, so I believe Unidera are going to have the quality up front to sort of punish the the rule defensive line. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, an interesting sort of uh, argument there. Uh, I, I think that Unidera should win this game, but I think we've seen on a couple of occasions this season that they haven't quite reached the heights that they should uh, in, in certain games. And I mean, I've said this every week, but uh, it's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to back the rule here to pick up their first three points of the season uh, against Unidera. But I mean, uh, of course, a win here for Unidera, I think that puts them in a really good spot looking towards the run into the finals and the finals series, picking up a win here against the rule. And yeah, also just to mention quickly as well that these teams did play in the first round of the finals last season in a fourth v fifth elimination final that right up until the 120th minute in extra time where Josh Bond scored a late winner for the Thunder as well. So, you know, they're going to have that on their mind for a bit of revenge as well, I think. And looking at Shell Cove against Fern Hill now, one of two games on Sunday, the first of these at Barrack Heights Sports Field. So, Shell Cove, they're unbeaten in their last five games. The uh, the 2 nil win against Rilla after a nil-all draw with Picton. Uh, the top side in the division and, and te- the first side to take points off the Rangers this season, which is, is quite an impressive uh, title to have here. I mean, Nathan Shelkov looking like one of the one of the best sides in the division so far. Yeah, they're definitely one of the most informed ones as well. I'd probably say the most informed one apart from, you know, Picton up top. But yeah, undefeated in the last five games. They've only considered four um, in this season and three of those were in round one against uni. So uh, one goal in the last five games conceded is not a bad sort of shout for Shell Cove. And, and they, they're going to sort of back themselves this weekend to get the job done against Fernhill as well. Um, and might mention again, just like, as I mentioned earlier, with them sort of, yeah, picking up points against Picton, which is the, the first points that Picton have dropped this season. And it was an ill or draw as well against such an attacking side in Picton too. So uh, massive results on the weekend for Shell Cove. Yeah. And speaking of a team that, that's been in form in recent time, I mean, in recent times. I mean, Fernhill aren't looking too bad either. They do now have two wins in a row and scoring three goals in both of those, you know, uh, 3-1 win against the Rule before the 3-0 win against Warilla. And I mean, they're looking in a much better position than they were a couple of weeks ago, sitting just one point off the uh, top five. Yeah, it's not about turnaround for the Foxes. I mean, uh, that sort of game against University in round four, uh, boosted that sort of run. I know they, they did lose to Picton, but that, that is Picton. Obviously, they're the benchmark of the, the competition this season. So, yeah, they've definitely turned it around since then. And, and if they can get another point here, they, they, they're obviously going to be really um, looking towards you know a top five spot, which which they already were, but it'll be uh, a lot more you know showing this weekend if they do get you know a draw or even the win as well. Yeah, I think uh, in terms of a prediction here, I mean, I think I'm going to say Shell Cove here, the home side. I've been really impressed with their form this season, and especially with the results they've been they've been picking up. And you mentioned uh, and you mentioned their defensive solidity, uh, and they are playing against a Fern Hill side who, in recent times, have begun to score a few goals. So it'll be interesting to see how the two sides play this one out. But I just feel here, Shell Cove, especially with the form they've shown this season. Uh, there's no reason why they can't pick up another three points here against Fern Hill. Yeah, I might agree with you on that one too, Tim. Um, Shell Cove, yeah, very looking, very promising as well. Um, they had a bit of a slip up, as I said, I mentioned earlier with against Rorilla in the first half, but they did have, you know, the character and resilience to bring it back in the second half. And it was Hayden Sopa, you know, their main goal getter, getting um, a brace in that one too. So 
if they can sort of get him more on the ball, you know, one-on-ones and, and, and in goal-scoring opportunities, then he's going to take it when he can. And, and that's where I believe Shelkova are going to get the better of Fernhill this weekend. And looking at the final game we will discuss in the second game on Sunday, probably the game of the round, Helensburg against Picton at Rex Jackson. Uh, I mean, the Thistle, they did go down 1-0 to Oak Flats. Uh, that is their second defeat of the season. But, I mean, they're still, you know, in the top five. And, and I think uh, they've got another big game this weekend against the Rangers. What have you made of the Thistle in terms of recent times? Because their form has been a little bit patchy. But, I mean, they, they did play against a really top side in Oak Flats last week. Yeah, it was only one goal in it, too. And it was an early Lee Gilroy goal that, that sort of was the difference between the two sides. And um, we, we spoke about how, you know... A, free-flowing in attack uh, Helensburg are as well in the competition uh, probably haven't signed you know showed their best signs of, of attack apart from that sort of 7-2 win over Fern Hill but um, yeah I mean if they can get a win this weekend that's a that's a massive confidence boost towards you know the end of the season but uh, and then again picked in art as I said benchmark of the seat the the competition so it's going to be tough for the Thistle to you know get the job done this weekend definitely and, and the team that's going to make it tough for them is Picton. Uh, it was the first time that they have dropped points, that nil-all draw against Shell Cove. And they do have a couple of big players missing this week through suspension. Mitchell Hall and Jared Morley are, are both out. Uh, I mean, do you think that that will impact at all uh, the way Picton approached this game, losing uh, two really top scorers in their, uh, in their team this year? It's definitely a possibility, yes. It's a massive loss for the Rangers, um, especially traveling up to Helensburg as well. They, they can be so strong up there too. Um, but we, we talk about how good Picton's attack is, but I, I believe it's that their defense is sort of winning them in games as well. They've only conceded three goals this season, and that is the best in the competition. Um, and two of them were against, you know, Rilla against this in a 7-2 win. So apart from that, they've had... Uh, five clean sheets in this season. So it's about defense for Picton as well. And um, and we mentioned how good Helensburg are in attack as well when they when they sort of can turn it on. But uh, Picton are very, very tight at the back this season as well. And they're, they're very solid there too. So I'm going to back Picton even without their attacking players out. Yeah, look, I think I'll agree with you there. I, I think both sides uh, have the potential to win this game. I mean, Helensburg have shown at times they are capable of, uh, of scoring a lot of goals here. But um, I, I think here against against Picton, it'll be interesting to see how they fare because the reality is it is a depleted Picton side that they are playing and it presents an opportunity for Helensburg to pick up a, a set of three points and, and to take and to give Picton their first defeat of the season. But, but I just feel that here Picton are probably just too strong for Helensburg. And that concludes the preview for the Illawarra District League for this week. Nathan, thank you for joining me once again. Thanks again, Tim. And in the Women's Division 1, Kaima picked up a 3-0 win over Rilla last Thursday night at King Mickey Park in their Round 5 catch-up match. While Winuna picked up an impressive 2-1 victory over University at Ocean Park on Sunday afternoon, the Raw got up 4-3 against Wollongong United at Thomas Gibson Park as Albion Park cruised past Rilla 3-0 at Terry Reserve. Kaima made it two wins in the space of three days with a 5-0 demolition of Fern Hill. There have already been two games played this round with both games being played on Wednesday night as Wollongong United put five past Rilla in a 5-2 win while Wununa cruised to victory as they handed Fern Hill their second successive 5-0 loss. 
These results see Winona sit at the top of the table on 18 points, one point ahead of University, Albion Park, and Thoreau, with Kiama sitting five points behind them in fifth, with Wollongong United occupying sixth, while Rilla sit three points ahead of bottom side Fernhill, who are yet to gain a point this campaign. There are still four games to play in round nine, with an informed Kiama taking on Albion Park on Friday night at Kiama Sporting Centre, with the Quarriers having the opportunity to go within two points of the reigning Premiers. The remaining games will be played on Sunday as Wollongong United will look to make it back-to-back -back victories as they take on Fernhill at Macedonia Park. Warilla will face up to Wanuna at King Mickey Park and in potentially the match of the round, University will host the rule at Coolabong Oval. That concludes the Football South Coast Weekly for this week. Make sure to follow Football South Coast on Twitter at FSC underscore official for live updates on the biggest matches across Illawarra football, as well as notifications regarding match reports, previews, reviews, and feature articles. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. My name is Timothy Gibson. Thank you for listening.